I like that there is a there is a fully functioning chair literally in camera shot. In fact, there's two. Yeah, there's one over there. Yeah. There's a full suite. But I can't think properly when I'm sitting on a chair. It's the altitude. (laughs) (laughs) How was Scotland? Yeah, it was fun. Very nice. They ate a lot of really nice food, actually. Oh, lovely. I saw your your beef pictures. Which sounds... You saw my what? (laughs) 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 Yeah, well, we'll have to eat some nice food when... uh... Well, come to Sheffield. Maybe oh, yeah. some. Why does my forehead look so big? <laughs> I'm really distracted by it. Um, I wouldn't well, worry. Some like deep fried like peanut with milk. I don't know something nice. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What a perfect idea. Sorry, I, I think I think I'll probably join you in that and fucking die. Hospital. Why don't we just hospitalize? But like without the fun part of normally getting hospitalized from like overdosing or whatever. <laughs> Straight to, the, straight to like the anaphylaxis, like anaphylactic reaction. <laughs> just, just sort of go into some drug awareness thing. Like now, I know ODing's fun. But... <laughs> no, no, no. You could be hospitalised, right. but we are. It's not the... fun, but it has a fun part to it. I don't... <laughs> it's like being in like a fatal, like ATV accident. The, there's a fun part, and then there's non-fun part. Right. You know? The fun part is when you ride on the ATV without dying. The bad part's when you die because of the ATV. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, were, we, were we recording then? Did we miss that? No, <laughs> I've, been miss rec- that I've, been, I've been recording. Which, which, which team season is most going to resemble an ATV crash? <laughs> Houston. No, Houston. no, because there needs to be a fun part. Oh, uh, right, okay. Probably the Broncos. <laughs> probably, it's, every year it's been the Raiders. The yeah, first, like, much. seven weeks is like, hey, you got something going here. And then the next ten weeks are just like, tree branch after tree branch after tree branch. Now, this year I mean, we it, have the extra week, so we can even have yeah. more tree branches. It sort of feels like the AFC West is only teams that... Enjoy ATV accidents. If you put the Raiders in the NFC East, they'd probably be the favourites. <laughs> yep. yep. Well, no, well apart from the Bills, you know. The NFC East. Oh, the East. NFC East. I thought you said AFC yeah, yeah, yeah. Apologies. That's on my end. Well, maybe like... The, I actually kind of like the Cowboys. I don't know where I put them in my ranking. Oh, I'm a believer. Let's have a look. You, the Cowboys and the Falcons. I've got a soft spot for teams who are going to score forty and concede forty-three. I, I mean, I, re- I respect it. It doesn't make for a particularly sort of fair and accurate power ranking. But I, no, I, think, that, I think I think the Falcons and the Cowboys are going to have a better defense this year. So, well, though, I think weren't they both bottom three? Well, yeah, well, so we I think they'll be bottom six to eight. So. Oh, I think we need to officially welcome you to season three, Max. Hello there. <laughs> well, we welcome to season reason. three. What? Hang on, I'm going to go into audio mode and turn my camera off here. What's uh, what what wondrous storylines and narratives lay before us? It's like a, a long winding road. We're still at the bottom end of it. It's like the Wizard of Oz. The NFL season's like the Wizard of Oz. 
And we're trying to get to the Wizard's Castle, being the Vince Lombardi trophy. And along the way, we'll meet such characters, you know. The cowardly cowardly lion, which is to say, you know, the lions. Yeah. Yeah. The tin man without a heart, Bill Belichick. (laughs) The wicked witch of the West, who I guess would be... Uh, God, who would be the Wicked Witch of the West of the 2021 NFL season? Uh, the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, John Gruden. <laughs> John Gruden, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, Mike, uh, the guy... Mike Mayer. Mike, 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 no, no, oh, Mike, Mike Davis. Davis. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was... There's something up with that guy. I, have I you don't seen know. The, have you it. seen his new house? Yeah, it looks yes. fucking sweet. It's, like, <laughs> it's totally insane. I love it. It looks it like is, a stadium. It's peak supervillain. I love it, honestly. <laughs> it really is. It's that, is like... a, that is a man that drives eight hours for a specific haircut right there. You gotta like well, you gotta respect a guy who just like doesn't give a shit what people think. Like <laughs> It's like what does he look <laughs> yeah. like that? He's like You know, like like Mussolini. Why, why or... I look like this? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. You know, when I think of all of the power hungry dictators that have ever been in charge of like anything you sort of usually they have like a, a, a child that's not quite the same level but is just weird um so like al davis and mark davis you know kim jong-il and kim jong-un you know uh mussolini's granddaughter who got into a twitter fight with uh jim carrey yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're all just a little bit weird but trying to keep on the legacy as best as they can the Raiders wouldn't be the same if they were owned by like a uh, like a normal person, like a hedge fund bro, like the Panthers. If if the guy who owned the Panthers owned David the Raiders, Tepper. it would be different, wouldn't it? They wouldn't. The Raiders have a charm, like just like an insane person's charm, <laughs> and I tip my hat to them. They have the Richard Incognito charm. No, that's that's harsh on a lot of Raiders because <laughs> what charm does Richard Incognito? Remember he threatened to shoot up a funeral home because they wouldn't let him behead the corpse of his own father? Yeah. Uh, I don't think that was strictly the reason, but sure. <laughs> I thought it was wanting to take his dead dad's head so he could see what was inside. Honestly, that does not <laughs> yeah, surprise, it doesn't surprise me. me. Yeah. Have I been misled? Because that <laughs> sounds way too specific to be a lie. <laughs> he, did, he did threaten to shoot up a funeral home. I can't say whether it was like for his father's brain. I mean, that would be, like, top five reason that you'd threaten to shoot up a funeral home, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, are going to get are. a power ranking of reasons to shoot up a funeral home. <laughs> 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 Number five. Wouldn't let me steal my dad's head. What's the name of the guy who runs the, the funeral king? <laughs> funeral king slept with your wife. <laughs> Director, the director, the funeral director. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so this article will be coming out on Gridiron Extra in two weeks. <laughs> Number four, will... funeral director emasculation. Will. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, florists sent you the wrong arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Number right. two, got to shoot up somewhere. 
would Ben allow you to make an article, like post an article like this on Gridiron Extra? I don't think he would necessarily allow you to post an article advocating shooting somewhere up. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Maybe Gridiron Extra has gone for the heel turn that PFF's been on this past few years. <laughs> the they started ranking like mass shooters. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. They've given him a fucking PFF grade because they missed their target once. Always. Not gonna lie, it would. <laughs> It would surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> this has taken a very dark turn, even by our standards. <laughs> oh. We've, we've, what have we covered before we've hit the power rankings? We've done dictators. We've done mass shootings. <laughs> Ron That's Rivera should be the senator of Washington. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new sad mod clip. <laughs> talking of, talking of dark turns. The New York Giants have had quite a rough off-season. <laughs> Speaking of dictators, that would be the better way to go into the Giants. Man, Joe oh. Judge is crazy. I thought that it was Gettleman that basically still has all of the reins of this team as opposed to Joe Judge. Well, I mean, like, we we discussed it briefly on the last podcast, so I won't get too into it, but he did say he was turned on by the violence of the 53-man scrum. Of which I mean, the, the quarterback of the future, wouldn't? Daniel Jones, is uh, at the bottom of as well. I mean, I call him the quarterback of the present. I think quarterback <laughs> of the future is generous. <laughs> quarterback of the future, Kyle Lawletta, was on the top. <laughs> <laughs> get him! Get him! <laughs> right, we really should get into this, because we're not going to have Sam for a little while. There's a... Oh, what? There's been a terrible mix-up at the veterinary clinic. (laughs) There's a budgie with measles and it's coughing on everyone. Richie Incognito showing up with his dog. (laughs) (laughs) Demanded its head. (laughs) Alright, everyone shut up a second. We're playing the intro. Hello, 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 and welcome to Stiff Upper Lip Podcast, the NFL podcast by Brits. We are in partnership with Gridiron Extra, and we are returning for our third season. So yeah, on we begin with me, Ed. Me, Emma. I'm Sam. I'm Max Saito. And I'm Tom. Max, you I don't miss, know why, but I was it, way but... less willing to make a joke about... <laughs> I was way less willing to make a joke about Richie Incognito's dog than about his dead dad. <laughs> Good lord, man. What a fucking time for Sam to join in as well. Oh, the budgie with measles has been cured. We're ready to go. Should have seen him. So, some of the measles were bigger than he was, I'm told. <laughs> Surely you would go for weasels with measles. Yeah. Don't be daft. Weasels can't get measles. Sorry. (laughs) Welcome in, Sam. How are you doing? Weasels can get herpes. (laughs) I think we found an episode title. (laughs) Hey, it's a very resilient virus. I've come down with a terrible case of weasel herpes. <laughs> if it if it breathes, it can get herpes. I love the film franchise Alien. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! All right, 
we got we got 16 more teams to wrap up their preseason via power rankings. We covered the bottom half of the league. Should we get going with the top? Ed, who is number 16? At 16, we have the Miami Dolphins. Oh, we're starting out with uh, the Dolphins, although they're yeah. not really very fun at the moment. I had them yeah. highest. I had them at 12th as the highest. Bax, unsurprisingly, was the lowest on them. He had the Dolphins 23rd. 23rd? <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I think... Mm, I think both of those seem a bit out of whack. Who is the star player of the Dolphins? Um, yeah, Jerome Baker, the linebacker. <laughs> yeah, the the defense. <laughs> He's really good. The defense and the coaching staff. I think yeah, they've Brian, got a, Brian Flores. I think, yeah. I think that I think they have a high floor because of the defense and the coaching staff. I do agree with you. But I think that offense has the potential to just like crater hard. I don't the yeah. way the way Ed feels about Jalen Hurts is sort of the way I feel about Tua. I just don't. He hasn't passed the smell test for me. Like <laughs> I, I haven't liked what I've seen. I, I'm just I'm now just like mildly baffled <laughs> by past the smell test. That's a, that's it's a well-known a... expression. Yeah, I, I've <laughs> seen, never you heard this. Max just like walk out onto the field after a Dolphins <laughs> game and like touch the dirt and just bring it to his nose. Like, no, 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 no. You guys were hunting. Tua is a half full pint of semi-skimmed milk, and I'm not liking. I've popped the top open on Tua, and I, I have, I have a, I have a brewed cup of tea ready, which would be. Which would represent the the defense and coaching stuff of the Dolphins. And I'm thinking, can I turn this into a full cup of tea? Take a little sniff. I'm like, I don't think I'm. I don't think I can. I don't think I can get away with this one. God. Twenty third. Thanks. God, I, think, I missed. I think if anything, it's fifty fifty. Can I just quickly interject before anyone adds anything to Max's astute points here about the Dolphins and just say that I fucking missed you, man. Last week, <laughs> I, yeah. there were so many chances for these like rambling tangents about pints of milk and like popping the top <laughs> off of a fucking ba- form weasel of Bama herpes. yeah weasel herpes just so <laughs> many opportunities for tangents and i feel like if you were there we'd have been spending at least five hours covering the jags for that exact purpose so welcome back my guy who's who's the one player in the league who you think looks most like they might or have had might have or have had Weasel Herpes. Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. Gardner uh, Minshew. Mike Glennon. <laughs> now, Gardner Minshew, I think, isn't an obvious answer, but I've never seen a man that looks more like a, a ferret fancier. <laughs> Mike, yeah. Mike Glennon has actually never had a disease in his life. He's like, <laughs> he's like the bubble boy. Like, I don't know. Just, yeah. He is Bruce Willis in Unbreakable. Yeah. His skin just doesn't have pores. It's just like a solid membrane. Like, no, no he's, more like, can get in. he's more like that weird blocky robot from Interstellar. <laughs> but if you looked at it from the back, through like the back of a spoon. <laughs> right. And look like my upside down head. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean. I think I bear a passing resemblance to Mike Glennon. 
No. I can think of at least two differences. <laughs> My head was shaved. Actually, maybe. I've got, this... It's the nose. It is. It's the nose and sort of the the very tall head. Yeah, tall and got, narrow. Maybe if you got your hair stuck in an industrial like lasagna sheet extruder and you sort of tug tug your vertebrae. Is this a lasagna up? sheet that's to go into Wembley Stadium to feed the masses? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking Where hell. do you get your hair cut, Max? The Miami Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jalen Waddle, but there's not. Yeah, I'm not really entirely sold on the rest of the. Yeah, like, I think putting them eleventh is frankly ludicrous. I think Devontae Parker could be considered like a top ten receiver yeah. in the league if he had someone who was really chucking bombs to him. Yeah, sort of... but I don't think I don't think two is the guy. I just I mean I think the Dolphins' interest, disgraceful interest in Deshaun Watson, kind of tells you everything you need to know. I don't think sometimes you go to camp and you can just see a guy doesn't have it. You know what's yeah. it was. Could it could it also be the case though that like last year, Jordan Howard was the lead back for a bit? They didn't really have like a main guy. You couldn't really pinpoint who was the Dolphins' running back. They've now got Raheem Mostert, who may end up being sort of the number one guy. But I, they still don't Miles have. Like, Gaskin, they don't have like yeah. a Miles My, Gaskin. It, I I just don't I don't see any of the Dolphins' running backs as being, like, distinctly any better than, like, slightly below average. They've just got, like, a running back room that could be instantly replaceable by a sort of, I don't know, Alexander Madison, Like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are... would be, like, the lead back there or whatever. Yeah. I think... Yeah, I totally agree with you, but I think if I had to say something into his into his favor you couldn't identify who the dolphins lead quarterback was last year <laughs> they had fits mm. in there half the time and i don't I, I don't really think that i don't really subscribe to the idea that it was like oh it was negatively affecting him not being like the alpha dog i think brian flores kind of was just doing what was best for the team in that situation i think you just need to be like a bit of a grown up and just like accept that maybe you know, it, it was an even competition, but the fact that it was an even competition is kind of what's putting me off. Hmm. I think we should move on now to 15, yeah. which is Tom's Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, there was very little debate about this one. There was only a, a variance yeah, of five, so we, we're pretty pretty much all sold on them being a low-tier playoff team, maybe just missing out on a wildcard spot. Yeah, there's sort of... There's no... Real opportunity for us to go like three and fourteen, but there's also very little chance that we're going to pick up any more than like ten wins this year. I don't think, just from a combined like, the roster is sort of in this weird middle ground now where there's young guys, but also like the old guys could all be on their way out soon. We don't know who's going to have like regression. We don't know how big of a step most guys are going to take. The running back is a complete unknown rookie. He looks good from preseason and training camp um but you don't know coming into the year like how he'll play against like full NFL defenses i mean he he torched the lions but it's the lions so sorry um 
we don't we don't we just don't know basically but i think you sort of have to trust uh colbert and tomlin to sort of at least pick up like eight wins weird isn't it that last year a 10 win season maybe wouldn't be considered elite but would consider be considered a very good season yeah. Whereas this year, it only feels slightly above average because it only is slightly mm. above average. Yeah. Like, that 11-0 and start that we got off to would have basically... Like, 11-0 and should be what you should... Well, not 11-0, and but like, 11 wins should be the minimum for a playoff team this year for like a good, deep-running playoff team. If you're getting any less than that and you make it into the playoffs, you're not making it very, very much further to me. Unless you like have some mad December-based progression where you suddenly become like unplayable yeah. you get like your, yeah you get like quarterback back or whatever but i think i think the steelers they had that 11 win streak which you know wins are wins but it's not as if there weren't cracks showing yeah. like there were a few games especially towards the end of the streak where you're thinking like you know there's reasons to think that maybe this team are I mean, I don't think anyone expects them to like lose out the way they did, but there are reasons to think maybe their records somewhat flattering them as the season goes along. And this year, I think the key, the absolute key thing is the state of their offensive line because if the offensive line, I, mean, I, I do like teams that build teams that are consistently good always have a good offensive line. You know, teams like the Packers and the Steelers. I'm thinking like the Saints recently as well. They have a good offensive line, and that just allows you to do everything else. So if their rebuilt offensive line struggles, they can't get the run game going with Harris. You can just see, like, if defensive lines are, like, teeing off on Ben, you can see the floor absolutely falling out. But I have faith that that won't be the worst-case scenario. I think, yeah, their ceiling is probably, like, 11-6, and and their floor is probably, like, 7 Absolute four, maybe seven and ten, and that's if everything goes wrong. Is it a case that because the three teams that you mentioned there is like having good offensive lines, and I know that there's like obviously key play, uh, key pieces on all of the sort of best O lines, so to speak. And like if you go look at like the Buccaneers, for example, at the moment with Brady in there, like they look like they've got a good O line again. Or like when they're on the Patriots, he made basically every O line look good. Is it the case that like a veteran quarterback is is incredibly important to an O line just as much as an O line is important to a quarterback? So, for example, rookie guys won't know how to sort of call out who's blitzing. They won't be able to call out mm-hmm. who needs to be protection. Whereas, like, you look at your Rodgers, your Breeze, your Brady's, your Roethlisberger's that have been around in the league for so long and have seen basically every kind of blitz package that there is. Is it a case that they know more about, like, if if we were coming into the year with a guy that had the same skill set as Roethlisberger does this current year, but had, was in his second year or something, that O-line to me would be way more of an issue than I mean, it is. I don't think I don't think you'd really have someone coming in that is kind of at the playing at the level that Ben is now. Like if you have Ben behind that line, yes, he'll be able to like you know kind of manage the game a bit more, which is obviously a lot easier for the offensive line. But if it's a like younger quarterback that 
can throw the ball further than like 20 yards and can move out of the pocket then it sort of swings think... roundabouts isn't it I think like yeah. it definitely helps to have like a captain on the EO line as well but yeah. what I mean is like the Steelers have got four out of the five pieces on that O-line weren't there last year. Or yeah, I guess in that so... situation particularly, you'd kind of want someone like Ben there. Yeah, like yeah, I think I that think, Marquise yeah. Pouncey did a yeah, lot of uh, calling out as well, and when he retired, like Kendrick Green coming in as a fucking fresh-faced rookie and BJ Finney as like the backup centre. I'd, I'd much rather have the veteran guy that maybe can't throw as well as he used to do four yeah. years ago or something. Just so that we yeah. can at least have a chance of keeping him, Harris, yeah, especially like upright. Newer guys on the line, like mm. they must feel so much more confident having, like you know, you know, he's not the most agile guy and he's not got the best arm in the world, but he like knows what's happening when it's happening, and it must give them some kind of respite to a degree. Mm-hmm. Shall we move I on? Think... Yeah, let's do it. Um... Next up at 14, we have them New England Patriots. Ooh. It's funny, think... really, because we didn't, we didn't obviously get the opportunity to talk about the news that's happened, but um, Cam Newton has been released by the Patriots, uh, which means that Mac Jones is guaranteed start a week one. There's no chance that Brian Hoyer is going to be playing, or Jared Stidham. There's... They're going to trust Mac Jones, and based off of preseason and everything that I've heard from training camp, that was the best move that they could have possibly made. Yeah. Like, holy shit, Mac Jones actually looks like a competent starter coming in. He looks the most competent starter in the most competent team out of anyone that has an actual rookie quarterback to me. Maybe Trey Bye. Lance is there, but like, there's less flaws with Mac Jones. By PFF, which I know, Tom, you're going to raise your eyes, he had the best preseason of a rookie QB ever. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, wow. I don't put much stock into that, to be honest. Like, I mean, preseason's preseason, but there are things that you, there are things you can learn, and I think, I think, yeah, I think rookie quarterbacks when you see them in preseason is if 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 they look, I'm going back to the old pint of milk here, but if they look the part. It is often gonna translate, right? The only the only thing that sometimes would hamper that yeah. if a team has a dreadful offensive line, the rookies and they're getting absolutely battered, they sometimes lose a bit of confidence and they start seeing ghosts in the pocket and that sort of thing. But I can't really see that happening with Mac Jones because I think I think um, the Patriots have again, yeah, quite a decent offensive line, and I think their defense is, is in sorry. for a bit of a resurgence, even though obviously Gilmore's gonna be missing a bit and they're a bit shallow on the back end i think they're getting hightower back is huge for them because he's such a leader on on their defense and yeah i think um i think yeah like like stidham for example never once looked like he was gonna cut the mustard did he so i think there's reasons for optimism for the patriots obviously they brought in like loads and loads of new pieces new toys on the offense so I think having having guys like Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, especially for a rookie like safety valve tight ends, mm. that is so valuable. And I think, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Patriots in the playoffs again, but I would probably be surprised to see them like winning a game. You know, yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know if they're going to favourite. I, I spoke about this as well just while I was on with the lads at Fl- Franchise 33. <laughs> the lads. The um, lads. I spoke... I spoke about how high I was on Damian Harris. Like, I think for the first time in a long while, the Patriots have a proper bell cow, you know, three down back. I got him in like the 10th round of a fantasy draft, and I was absolutely delighted with that because, I mean, they Mm -hmm. they traded Sony Michelle. They, they, yeah, he's they're all in on Damian Harris. And And they're all in on Jones as well. So, yeah. Damian Harris to me looks the spitting image of Nick Chubb. Like, Whoa, that's a that is high praise. It is true. That's that's what I see when I look at. How long him. has he been in the league for now? Is this his third second or year? Second year. Was he a rookie last year? Mm-hmm. Feels like he's been around forever. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that the Patriots offense was. Oh man, they had some games last year that were just like beyond hideous. Cam Newton threw one touchdown all year, as I recall. So mm. they, they can only get better this season. They can only get better, and I still think I still consider Belichick to be one of the probably you know one of the best coaches in the league. And I think it it shows you how bad last year was that you would say he's one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah, like the, I'm back in for research, that's for sure. If it wasn't for Bill Belichick last year, like people have been trying to weirdly make this point that like Belichick without Brady isn't anything, and it's like well. Belichick without Brady is slightly less Belichick without Brady, but, like, also Belichick had Cam Newton, whose arm's been shot for, like, three years, who also had COVID because he wouldn't stay at home like a fucking reasonable human being. Plus, all of his wide receivers ended up injured or suspended or on COVID lists. His offensive line was missing pieces. His best defensive players were basically, like, non-existent or off on the COVID list. There was so many other bits around it other than just redu- re- like reducing it down to, oh, but Belichick without Brady isn't a very good coach anymore. <laughs> the guy's one of the greatest coaches of NFL like in the entire history of the sport. He is undoubtedly one of the most influential head coaches of all time. In, uh, well, I, irrespective of sport. Yeah, irrespective of sport, he goes in the same category as like some of the absolute all-time greats in any sport. Speaking of all-time greats in any sport, at 13 we have the Minnesota Vikings. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. How so... are the... You know, the Vikings, I have soured on them in the last six to eight weeks. Like, their chances, I just... Oh man, it's been a long summer for the Vikings. <laughs> the only yeah. re- I feel like the only reason as to why the Vikings are any anywhere near this high up the rankings is because Ed probably put them like fifth or something. Ed put them eighth. Eight. I eighth. had the best team in the league. The eighth best team eight. in the league. Max had them tenth, which is still very agreed. I had them eighth. Is it egregious? Yes. yes. No. They're gonna. No, they're gonna look. Kirk. They're an outside chance. They're, a... they're at the exact same level team. as the Steelers and Patriots for me. Yeah. But like, well, that's good because worse. they're exactly they're next a... to the Steelers and Patriots in this they're power a... ranking. So that means. To me, exactly... they're a wild card favorite in the NFC because the yeah. NFC is quite shallow. Wow. Well, yeah. And I think I th- I'm, I'm, I mean, like the defense that we saw out of them last year was unbefitting of <clears throat> the purple whatever, like, the Viking purple that they wear, so 
I think they probably will have a bit of a, a defensive bounce back. The only thing that concerns me is like they could run the risk of like a total team breakdown and Mike Zimmer goes on like an absolute rampage. He's throwing, you know, cups of tea at people in the locker room. You know, doing haymakers. He's just <laughs> repeatedly slapping his kicker on the back of the head. I I can see that sort of thing happening. Like they've got some pretty bad vibes. But they do, they do have bad vibes, but they do also have Cook, Thielen, and Jefferson. Oh, it's man, one of the most talent-rich offenses in the NFL, isn't it? If we're being honest with ourselves, like there's a lot of dysfunction there, but there's also a lot of talent. How's the O line looked? Much improved, actually. Good. Much, much improved. He says much improved. He means Pota Doja's been moved off the roster. Yeah, the offensive lineman that you got in the draft, Wyatt Davis. Ah. Yeah, Wyatt yeah, Davis. I mean, if they both work out. Yeah, plus Ole Udo, who was like a draft pick we took in the seventh out of Elon University a couple of years ago to play right tackle. He's come in and played guard like an absolute champ over the offseason. So there's actually a debate as to how many good guards we have, which I can't recall in my lifetime. Who's um? Who was the first draft pick for the Vikings this year? Darasaw. How's he looked? Um, not seen anything of him because he's got a injury to his groin. Uh, that would be why. <laughs> and yeah, I think losing, I think Irv Smith is probably primed for, I mean, a make or break year, really. And yeah, he was having a suggesting it was standing training camp. Yeah, he was on the make mm-hmm. side, and I guess Herndon is a total reclamation project. Like you could see the Gates effect with him in an ideal world, but he just kind of looked like. Just like not a good player last year, but again, you know, you look like Kenyon Drake, what he did on the Cardinals, and and if they get that sort of thing, I think they would be looking at a top. Oh, what am I gonna say here? A top six off at top six to seven offense in the league. Oh. We were top four last year, and we've strengthened. So that's 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 the, weirdly in the Zimmer era. That's our strength is the offense. It's unnatural to think that, but it is. Kind of the reality that we're living in. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, can I just, that? I just want to quickly just take offense to what Max said about Kenyon Drake in Arizona because Kenyon Drake in Arizona had like one good game <laughs> and then yeah. returned to the. And if they get Drake one good all. game out of Chris Herndon, yeah, but Chris Herndon always oh. had like one decent game that made everyone go like, oh, is Chris Herndon going to actually make turn a corner again? And no, it's it never it's did. Remind me. Remind me which team currently is has Kalen Balage. Yeah, as the third choice running back. <laughs> what more do you? What are we going to suddenly stop fucking talking? Can you? Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Oh. Speaking of Kalen Balage, teams that Tom Sauron, state legend, I think. <laughs> um, the Colts. We have them at. Well, let me just have. Tom a look has them at two. We have them at 12. No, weirdly enough, Tom wasn't higher on the Colts than Sam was. Yeah. Sam, Sam had was, the Colts I'm... in 10th. And I think Tom... that is just about right. Tom soured on them since his famous Super Bowl prediction. According to this, you have them... Let me just check. You've got them making the playoffs according to your power rankings. Yeah, I've got them 11th. Just making so, the power rankings. So... <laughs> In fairness, when I made my prediction, Carson Wentz and Quinton Nelson both hadn't picked up like potential 
big injuries that they've both recovered from quickly. And then we re- did the power rankings. I didn't realise that they'd be back in time for week one. So I'm just... These power rankings are about three weeks out of date now. And also, <laughs> the Super Bowl prediction was made about 15 weeks before anything had even happened. However, I do still believe... If I was to reevaluate them now, I'd bump them up a few spots. Based off of the fact that yeah. they're going to actually not have Sam Ellinger or Jacob Eason at quarterback. <laughs> I mean, Sam's guy, Quitty Pay, looks the real deal. Yeah. They have a good defence. Bobby Okariki, yeah. Darius Leonard, Quitty Pay, of course. It's, it's the Forrest Buckner. The Forrest Buckner. There's, yeah, there's a team there. J- uh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor's there. Mm-hmm. The worry, the worry for Indy for me is pass catchers, because like I think, yeah, I mean, T.Y. Hilton's done now, isn't he? I'm expecting. Well, I I must admit, I'm quite high on a bit of a sort of leap from Michael Pittman, but um, not to like anything like ridiculous or anything. But I do think that he's a better guy than people seem to be giving him credit for. Um, they need explosion from Paris Campbell is what they need, because yeah. Pittman's not really an explosive guy to me. I think yeah, they need Campbell that, to yeah. But I think their running back stable is is probably one of the best in the league. They've yeah, got you've got Marlon Taylor, Mack, Mack and Hines. Yeah, right? Marlon Mack's coming back off of like a torn ACL that I think before he had was it, it he was... What? Oh no, it was an Achilles, sorry, yeah. Um, but, but before, bit, yeah, he before he league, had that, yeah, he had, was yeah. he was absolutely nailing it. And then Jonathan Taylor gets more snaps, and then suddenly starts nailing it. It's like they just sort of created a bit of a revolving door of like top level running backs. So Naheem Hines is is a really good change of pace back as well in terms mm-hmm. of like the third guy. You wouldn't really want him to be like your like bell cow, but he'll give you like. He's got like some great highlights. And and I, think, I think that Naeem Hines is also a pretty good receiving back as well. Like he's a nice yeah. little safety valve on a checkdown because he can just suddenly burst upfield and add an extra fifteen yards or whatever. Like some of the more highlight plays of his career have come from like a dump off out the backfield. Mac is quite a good pass catcher as well. Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor barely caught a ball in college, and he showed a bit more of it last year. But can I? absolutely stir the pot with a statement here which is absolutely riddled with bias in two directions go on i think jonathan taylor's ceiling in the nfl uh <laughs> maybe a little less adrian peterson oh <laughs> watch you watch i mean to Say be fair anyone's we, no longer, we no longer live in the age that we did when John, uh, when Adrian Peterson came into the league. But I think as a runner, Jonathan Taylor is. I think we'll see something absolutely special from him this year that will put him in the conversation of like top top three or top four running backs in the league. Yeah. And I'd... if there's one thing that we all know of Super Bowl teams, it's that they've got a good defense and a good running game. And what <laughs> do the Colts have, baby? A good defense <laughs> and a good running game. That's what they said about the Chiefs in 2019, famously. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Mahomes aside. <laughs> Speaking of teams, got, got, got a good running game. Can we just quickly, just one second. 
Carson Wentz is a fucking he's a little peanut back there, isn't he? He's a, he's a sick. <laughs> I don't oh man, I don't think he's gonna be in the league in like four years. I don't I don't believe what I'm seeing. No. He just collapsed. I think no, this is gonna be his Phoenix from the Flames season. I'm glad that you've got you so much. He Me. doesn't how can we if we're giving Kirk Cousins stick for being anti vax, Carson Wentz is just as much except he hasn't notion that he's going to live in the David Blaine cube. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just because I just don't like Kirk Cousins as a human being. Yeah, there's already some... Um... There's already bias against him. Getting out of that car? What? <laughs> didn't you see the picture of him getting out of that car? That's old Ed. Ed saw that picture and he was like, 13 and 4, baby. <laughs> <laughs> nah, there was more aspirations than 13 and 4. He was looking at 15 and 2. I was. I still, I still do. Um, <laughs> All right. Only the man with the confidence of a god could wear that turban. <laughs> right. Next up at eleventh, we have the Forty Niners. All right. Cool. Yeah. Again, I just. This seems like I a Forty Niners place. I feel like I have to throw this out there that multiple of a lot of us had them hovering around ninth. Uh, Max had them in eighteenth. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm so glad that he's back for this one. Yeah, you had him in 18th. That's funny. I think to be fair, <laughs> when I did my rankings, I was looking at like the 8th through 22nd teams, and I was like, uh. I, uh, the reason I think this is just because I think, I think uh, the I think their offense is really struggling to justify my own hot take here. I kind of don't really <laughs> like the 49ers. I think, hey, yeah, 18th was probably a little bit harsh on my part. But I wouldn't be surprised if they missed out on the playoffs because I think they're probably the... they the, if, if they ended up being third in their division, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, and I think... I think, I think third Lance, in the NFC Trey West Lance, may well be a wildcard spot. Trey Lance was very up and down in preseason. And he played... I believe he played... 13 snaps in college. <laughs> no, I don't know. He, he didn't play much in college, and I just thought it's a bit of an unknown, and Jimmy G's prone to get hurt, and I just thought, well, the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan, man, maybe they do end up going about 500, just because they have done, like, every year, other than a couple, so, I don't know. Things just go wrong for the 49ers. <laughs> Am I so wrong for believing that they could go wrong again? Am I... I mean, Carl Shanahan does seem cursed as a coach. Like there is a, there is a degree to that. That's true, but I think I think simply by having Lance and Jimmy G on the roster, they've learned from the mistake of having Nick Mullins as the backup guy. I think I totally forgot about Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Because I'm thinking about them now, and I do like them a lot. They're you kind also of... forgot George Kittle, I assume. No, I didn't forget Kittle. Okay, but to be fair, like, he had he had that one season that was you know ridiculous. But he's been pretty good. But I'd put him on the same level the last couple of seasons as Darren Waller, where he's not like Darren he's Waller really is good. like right up there as one of the elite tight ends. In exactly, the game. but he's not like he's not so... single handedly going to change. <laughs> Why did he sound like you were like change the game for you? Is he? I mean, he did for a lot of Raiders games, and. George Kittle he... did for a lot of 49ers games, especially made Nick Mullins look good against the Raiders, yeah. funnily enough. 
say, saying you compare him to Darren Waller isn't the same as comparing him to say Chris no, Herndon. But it's different, it's yeah, or like it's Eric comparing Ebron. someone to Travis Kelsey. Jay Sternberg. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jay Sternberg. What a guy. It's oh. like... Uh, man, fuck you. It's like the difference between comparing someone to AJ Green and comparing them to like prime AJ Green and like prime Randy Moss. You know, you're not going to shake a stick at prime AJ Green, are you? But But he's not going to. But it's not quite prime Randy Moss. I I think I get you. He's really, really, really good, but he's not going to single handedly win you a lot of games, I don't think, because it's a tight end. I don't care. I don't respect the position. It feels like it feels like what you've done, Max, is try ridiculously hard to justify that selection. Yeah, I'm not really out for it, am I? I'm not a famous or something. Plus, plus you also you've forgotten the fact that literally the entire defense is coming back off of injury now this year. Yeah, but they'll go back on it. I assume. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Who plays? To be fair, I think the Niners' defense isn't what it has been in previous years. Obviously, Richard Sherman's not there anymore. So who who are the defensive backs for the 49ers this year? Is Jaquiski Tart still there? Jaquiski Tart still there. Jason Verrett is a, a glass cannon. <laughs> of a cornerback. I don't know. And obviously, yeah, Nick Bosa's got, like, defense. his ceiling is Defensive Player of the Year, right? I but, mean, not if, not if you ask Tom. No, I I, I did like Nick Bosa, but my only problem was is that everyone creamed over him by week two when he had like an all and they night game, over and, what? and then they the and then they like made out as though he'd done something absolutely ridiculous when he beat up on the worst team in football, the WFT, and subsequently also in the rain when their quarterback genuinely could not even throw the ball, even if he had the talent to do so, like. I like Nick Bosa as a as a football player, but it just mildly wound me up that like there were better defensive rookies that year than Nick Bosa, and everyone was just giving it to him because he's a Bosa brother, and they play like four snaps a year, and those four snaps are all right. But it's the wrong it's the wrong set of brothers. It's clearly. the wrong set of brothers. Right. Okay. If we move on now, we'll move basically like twenty miles. Because the next team is the LA Rams. Ah. In is this tenth? Tenth. This is tenth. Yeah. Where did I put the Rams? Uh, fifth. <laughs> oh, oh. <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus no, actually, Christ! I thought about, no, I actually thought about this, and I thought I I've never really thought of Matt Stafford as being like a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, he's not prime, say Randy Moss, but um. <laughs> He's a damn sight better than Jared Goff, right? Yeah. They've got Sony Michelle, and they've got Daryl Henderson back there. They've got, obviously, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Tyler Higby had a nice, has had a nice couple of seasons. I mean, he's not... Really, he's in, like, the second or third echelon of Titans, maybe. But I think the offense can do some real damage this year. And defensively, I think they're a little bit... Maybe a little bit underrated. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I had they... them down in 19th, so I am clearly yeah. in major disagreement. What's happened there is um, Max has horribly undervalued the 49ers, and Ed has asked him why. And now Ed has horribly undervalued the Rams, and now we're asking him why. 
Just find yeah. a middle ground. The pair of you, me and Sam, are fine. Well, we have to generate content for this podcast. <laughs> I thought that we were just going to talk about like pulling the tops off of milk and Randy Moss. Shooting up funeral homes, you forget. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. The top five reasons to shoot up a funeral home in San Francisco, baby. Great cash, homie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. god! Part of it is because I don't like the kit, and so I just—I'm <laughs> never enamored to watch a Rams game. Like I never ever. considered that actually. I should have put them in twenty-eight. You were a child. We have—we've already eliminated the Rams for like how <laughs> they already went over the top row. Yeah, they already went over the top row when we did our like Royal Rumble extravaganza with uh, Kev from Draft Punks. And if you've not heard it, you should go listen to it because it's an incredible piece of podcasting. However, Ew. this is talking about the actual team on the field, not the fucking uniforms. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I I think they suffer from a bit of studs and scrubs. Like I think their best players are great, but I think that the players in between their best players are like replacement level at best. Like that's that's the point I'm trying to make is that yeah they have some incredible players but they can't afford to keep all of the incredible players and decent talent around them and I think that if if Aaron Donald goes down then that defense is nothing even with Jalen Ramsey. See, I I sort of wanted to really try and avoid whenever I was doing my rankings like picking a what if scenario of like oh what if like. What's the extent of the damage, Tom? Uh, it's fine. Do you know at the point where I was talking about how I didn't want to uh, go into what-if scenarios, that's yeah. where it stopped. So I was right to basically wave it all off at that point so that nobody made any good points <laughs> afterwards because I can tell that what happened was just garbage. We, we did miss out on a good Sam's what is wrong with you to me? <laughs> Hang on, Sam, let's just get it again so that I can get it on a uh, sound clip for you. Wait, in order to do this Wait. organically, you need Ed to read out the teams that I ranked ahead of the Bills. Wait a minute. What uh, What word do you want the emphasis on? Well, I think word you Don't fancy. You do, do, five, do five takes with the <laughs> emphasis on each word. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Right, okay, so the, the teams that Max had higher than the Bills. The Bucks, the Chiefs, the Packers, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Rams. What's wrong with you? Next. Okay, now we do four more. Right. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, that was good next. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, final. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Perfect, that's a wrap. Thanks, guys. No, no, no. The, the, the final one is we need all stress. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I deserve that. I do deserve it. Oh, We've got a brand new sound. <laughs> all indignation. All the time. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> My oh. favourite was, what's wrong with you? 
fucking love you. Oh, Jesus. So, that just put the emphasis on the win. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with you? Oh, fucking hell. Oh, Oh, my goodness. I'm gone blind temporarily, I think. Right, let's we should go. probably move. We should yeah. probably move on to the ninth-rated Seahawks. You guys had the Seahawks in the top nine. Wait, wait. <laughs> I think I put them. The on Seahawks seven. are ninth. Yeah, Sam had them at seventh at the top. I had them at fourteenth in the bottom. Holy moly! Okay, I really don't think that's out of you know out of the question. Oh no! The no, worst no, no, case scenario. Tom, you had the them. Wait. The... Oh no. Carol gets fired. Max had them eight. It's fine. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're normally around the eighth best team in the league, aren't they? <laughs> but seventh is a step too far. Yeah, no, that's okay. it's a bridge he will not cross. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I've not put the clip on the soundboard yet, so you're just gonna have to deal with me doing an impression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you put those other clips on the soundboard yet? Of course I have. I've been playing. I've been sprinkling yeah. them out throughout. Well, I've had, oh, I've heard, heard any. I've heard, heard West Wing ass opinions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you hit the other one? What? The, hang on. Let's just for the for for us that can get edited out so that when the listener hears it for the first time, it's new. Ron That's Rivera should be the senator of Washington. <laughs> there you go. I thought that was you saying that. I was like, that's a bit of a weird thing to say in the middle of the podcast. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna Does Washington it. have a senator? Uh, no. No. They have a mayor. Well, they should do, and it should be Ron Rivera. <laughs> Ed, can you clip Max saying it's like a glass of milk? <laughs> yeah, I can do that. I can, I can do, I can do a few clips of this episode because they seem like some great audio quotes. Whatever, whoever edits it, when they do the listen through, if they hear anything of. Of no, send it through and I'll get it whacked on. Yeah, the weasel herpes drop will obviously need that. <laughs> and we're obviously going to need the funeral king stole my wife one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, should we, oh. uh, should we actually talk? Is anyone anything valid to say to about the Seahawks or should we just uh, move straight on? They're literally uh, always the, best, the eighth best team in the NFL. Every yeah. year. Do you know what's really like really sort of wound me up a bit about the Seahawks this year is like for once it seemed like there was going to be some kind of interesting drama about them and then it's just resolved itself but in the least interesting way like (laughs) in the same way that the whole Aaron Rodgers scandal went on for far too long until it became completely pointless and then it was resolved boringly because he just showed up um, like the Russell Wilson versus Pete Carroll, like, are you going to get an O-line? Is this team actually going in the right direction? And then it just resolved itself naturally without any actual ending and consequence. Yeah. Yeah. Lame, boring, get out. <laughs> Some things in the NFL were the same every year, right? The Packers, <laughs> the Packers are always the fifth or sixth best team. The Seahawks are always the eighth best team. And the 49ers always have a top 16 pick. <laughs> Every year. I mean, I'm not sure about the Packers. The rest are right. The more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> right, okay. The next we have, uh, number eight, is them Tennessee Titans. Oh, you guys have the Titans way too high. Well, I have a ninth. 
You had you had the Titans uh, all the way down at thirteenth. Oh, yeah, I nice. think I, I think they're due. I think of all the teams, I probably expect them to regress the most, just because they lost Arthur Smith. You know, Ryan Tannehill has been playing, I would say, above his station for the last couple of years. You know, Derek Henry. Uh, I fucking love Derek Henry. But I thought man. you, I thought you were about yeah. to do like what you did with the Forty ers and accidentally just prove yourself wrong in your own argument for why they were going to regress. I love Derek. <laughs> I love Derek Henry, but I, I don't know. At some point, he can't have eighty-three touches a game, right? <laughs> and they lost. Obviously, they lost quite a few pieces. And defensively, I, d- I don't. I don't like what they've got going on defensively at all. See, yeah, all well, of your yeah. points are salient and valid, but it is hard to regress in the AFC South. I would, I would <laughs> kind of put the Titans in the same place that I would put the Vikings. They've got two great, great receivers. A brilliant running back. <laughs> An above average quarterback in a nice system and a defense that, yeah, it's probably fair to question. What does everyone think about Julio Jones this year? Because he's still available in the in the gridiron extra thing, and nobody wants him. He is he is genuinely like every fantasy league is putting Julio Jones as like high, and he's just gonna sit on the board until someone's auto pick accidentally takes him. And unfortunately, in gridiron extra, nobody has a fucking uh, auto pick, so he's just gonna be sat on waivers forever. Nobody wants him. Even though, like, three years ago, he was one of the best wide receivers in the entire league. I don't even think three years ago was particularly close. He was the consensus best. Yeah. It's just, sca- it's just scary, isn't it? It's scary because he's getting old. And the last few years, he's, like, been banged up constantly but played through it. Yeah. And, like, last year, it was like, is that starting to show? And is the floor going to come out? Like, it's possible... That he, could, I don't think he's ever going to return to like his prime. Oh, God, but it's no. possible that put you put him opposite AJ Brown, it's possible they could be the best receiver tandem in the league. That's plus, the ceiling. Plus, you sort just... of factor in that like the Falcons' running back situation was an absolute disgrace, and so they sort of had to throw the ball all the time. Whereas now they've got Derrick Henry, it almost feels like Julio won't get as many touches, and therefore will be able to last longer than three weeks into the season when his ankle snaps. It's a fairly astute point. Like it won't, it won't be an ankle snap. It'll be like a back strain or something. It'll yeah, just limit him. Hamstr- I mean, like he has a really hamstring had tweak big. that he's sort of nursing for the entire season. Don't be talking about tweaks with me, because last year Daniel Hunter's tweak turned into a year off with a herniated disc in his neck. So I yeah, still but... don't like it when people call injuries tweaks. <laughs> I hate when I tweak my discs in my neck. <laughs> I hate it when I'm nearly paralyzed by a tweak. He's never, he's just never a hundred percent, is he, Julio? No, but... he's one of those guys. Yeah, he's just yeah. not. At work today, I had to. Well, not myself. We had to castrate a dog because he keeps like tweaking his groin by humping things so aggressively. Jesus Christ! No, hey, if this, this section was about the point of injury is a crime, then lock me up. I don't like that you. I, I don't like that you were talking about having a castrated dog, and suddenly Samson starts walking behind me, whining about something. It's Sam, <laughs> are you all right, pal? He he probably he, <laughs> <laughs> he, he does not. He does not look happy. 
Go what do, you do? what do you do with the testicles once they've been removed? Little snack, innit? For a laugh. <laughs> you sell them to, like, pubs around the world. They go in the freezer. They, yeah. There's a guy oh, nice. that comes at night to take everything out of our freezer. A dog ball man. Is he the nad man? Samson right now. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> that job sounds like... That top sounds like the absolute dog's bollocks. <laughs> Where are my testes, also, brother? Why did you take them from me? Well, they just go into kind of like a general bag. So like general all the bag. other dead shit goes into like its own bag. But if we oh. get like pigeons or like so a head back in what you could they... call it is an enormous ball sack. Well, they go in. They go in the organ bag. <laughs> Actually, no, you can't put hedgehogs in there unless you wrap a towel around them, because otherwise they freeze and it turns into a mace. <laughs> oh, that's badass! <laughs> which, which NFL player or head coach most closely resembles a bag of assorted animal organs? John Green. <laughs> Correct answer. <clears throat> Long gone are the days of like the sort of 400-pound behemoth coaches. There's only like a couple left, aren't there? Really, and they're both like incredibly old and sort of mildly cool. If you told me that Dan Campbell like snorted a line of ground-up dog bull every morning, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, it's for the vitality. <laughs> Why do I, mean, I feel like Dan like Campbell that... buys like uh, supplements off of like AlexJones.co.com? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say he looks like <laughs> Alex Jones the benefits of testosterone. <laughs> Oh, right, we best move on to these charges. Dan Campbell is the dog ball man of the NFL. <laughs> now there's a guy that's clubbed a man to death with the frozen hedgehog. <laughs> Jesus I'm telling you, the lions, the lions are the animal organ freezer of the NFL this year. <laughs> and well... It's it's one step above the Texans, who are the animal organ pile of the NFL. And if you are, a, and if you are a Detroit Lions fan, we're so very sorry for the fact that we've continued to beat up on you, even though you're not in this episode because we're talking about good teams. And if you're a teams. Texans fan, your team deserves it. <laughs> there are no Texans Ugh. fans, apart from in Germany. A lot of people in Germany. German German fans love the Texans. Yeah, the Houston Germans. That does make sense. So the Chargers. <laughs> The Houston Berliners. <laughs> For <God's> sake. <laughs> the Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers have been... Are you it's, doing you a know, German you know, accent? No. The Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers. I'm speaking totally normally. <laughs> oh, is this Justin Herbert? He's very good, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> this would have been the perfect time for me to have got the fucking German like Tom Brady commentary from like a few years ago. Oh, doesn't matter. Right, the charge. You know, in like war films or like Western films, when the characters like, it's a bit too quiet. That's been the charges summer. Like, it's just been a bit too quiet. They've stayed relatively healthy. Like, no one's saying, like, well, are they going to forget to, like, kick field goals or not run quarterback sneaks on, like, <laughs> like one second, like, five seconds left on the clock or whatever? 
it's just been a bit normal. They've had a normal and positive off season. Yeah, they got and that Derwin, makes me uneasy. They got yeah. Derwin James back, which is going to be huge because when healthy, I he mean, is good. When everything's healthy. assembled, it's the first. It's the perfect time for things to fall apart, right? That's... Exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see how, like these ended up so high like they should be exactly in that like middle ground of like halts through to bears the chargers are a very very good team it was my fault when healthy i i put them sixth and and i take i take responsibility for yeah. for for dropping the bollock here i think I, I think i had them seventh i don't think i was much lower on them than you were yeah max had them ninth emma tenth and then you were you were the lowest sam at 13 you miserable bastard I should have had the charges higher. I'm talk- I'm really <laughs> talking myself into the charges. Like I think, I think. Listen, uh, this, this is the kind of this is the kind of comment. Someone, uh, someone, isolate Ed. Like, um, get uh, that sound clip. Max just going. Uh, me, like week eight, it could be like the most horribly aged comment in the world. But the charges could give the Chiefs a run for their money in the division this year. <laughs> what? No, so, I'm, like- I'm off. They literally gave them now. like 2018 or 2019. No, it's 20. When was it when they like they won? <laughs> they won. They won a game at Arrowhead. Do you remember this? I think it was the Patrick Mahomes MVP season. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they had the, they finished with the same record as the Chiefs, I think, but they lost on the tiebreaker. It was a traditionally weird game at Arrowhead, if I recall. There were like three final minute touchdowns or something. Yeah, the yeah, game was, basically was, was absolutely nothing right up until the last like three minutes. So, but who, who have they got? They got like Keenan Allen's there. Mike Williams is growing into the role of like like a big target guy. Like, I mean, <sighs> Justin Herbert was getting guys paid last year. You know, I think like someone like Jalen Guyton had some like massive plays. We and got he's just not Eckler afraid to back. fuck it. That's gonna be that's gonna be big. And if right, they get Alice. Bosa and Jane, if they get a healthy season, there's a tremendous like if, right? But those are two those are two real difference makers on defense. And if they have like even like a league average defense, the ceiling is like is the ceiling AFC championship game? Is it? Because it could be. Potentially. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of good teams still in the AFC. Like, of the teams that are left, of the top six, two of them are NFC. I think they're built for the playoffs as well, to be fair. More I mean, so than, like, the Ravens. They are, provided the they're not just injury-riddled as they are, or mm. bad luck-riddled. Mm, it's such a bummer every year, isn't it? <laughs> and the Chargers, <laughs> like, they just start falling apart. But uh, no, I'm I'm gonna have good faith. This year, the Chargers will not have one long-term injury. They're go- they're doing it. They're hundred percent running the season. I don't care. <laughs> they're doing the pacifist run this year. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Next up at sixth, we Hang have. On. Wait, 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 wait. What's just, up, Tom? Just quickly, um, the I've just realised. Ed, how long did the math take you for uh, for this, right? Uh, probably about 25 minutes, just getting everything sorted. <laughs> I could have saved you at least 24 of those minutes by just using an Excel formula. You've manual... What, like a VLOOKUP? No, you just need to 
you just type in like equals average and then oh yeah no, I, and then all of the bits i don't know why you get it on a manual. calculator right okay the weird like the yeah, advisor yeah no i put it all on i put it all in formulas i did a, did a few different calculations on it okay that's fine I'm gonna bounce in two Earth minutes. Oh, well, quickly uh, talk to us about the Ravens then. Yeah, go on. Um, my love and admiration for the Ravens is clouded by the fact that in two minutes I'm going to get a kebab and go to the pub. And that's how I feel about the Baltimore Ravens. Well, you have put them highest out of all of us at fifth. <laughs> so, without you to champion them, yeah, he's We're going to just... have Tom being like, oh, the Baltimore Ravens. I only put and them then... as seventh. <laughs> it's not like I've suddenly just gone, oh, I'm going to put them 19th because I don't like them and their jerseys are a bit shit. No, actually, what we've all done is, is put them between spots. fifth and yeah. seventh. Yeah. yeah. In fact, we've actually given them the number of the devil as well. Number of the beast. Three, six. <laughs> um... Yeah, I like... I. I really liked the Ravens last season. And, I mean, I think, like, them not having, like, Udon or Gakwe, Anna. Uh, uh. They do have Owe. Yeah. And I think they have Tyus Bowser as well. Why is Sam trying to talk himself down from five? Sam, you meant yeah, to big him up. You meant, you right, meant to big him up. Ravens. 2021 Super Bowl. Jesus Christ! All right, he can't beat him up too much because he loves the Browns so much. No, but he Ooh. doesn't. He put them lowest out of all of us. Ooh. Ravens 2021 Super Bowl. D- mixed kebab with chips with chili sauce and garlic. Mayo. He's just he's just far too distracted by his beer and kebab, and in in, in which case that's fair. Well. GMT. Yeah. Wow. What is wrong with Fuck all y'all? See you later, Sam. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Ravens, oh, man. the Ravens without uh, the losing J.K. Dobbins is a problem <laughs> to me because mm. they've who's their second guy now? Who's Gus their Edwards. Gus Edwards. Oh. Gus Edwards. I mean, he, Gus Edwards is all right. Yeah, but he's not the guy, is he? Yeah, no, <laughs> their li- their lead running back is Lamar Jackson. Like. They'll I mean, just give him was... more snaps as like QB draws and stuff. They well, obviously struggle with the without JK Dobbins, they could have some like red zone issues, I think. That could be a problem. I, I was not as obviously no one likes to see an ACL injury, and I'm not trying to say he won't have a job when he gets back. But I I'm not as high on JK Dobbins as other people. Like I've not seen he he doesn't necessarily pass my smell test, but they are a lot worse off without him. Mm. The thing about the Ravens is there's probably like five guys you've never heard of who are just all going to carry like eight times for 30 yards and it's going to be fine. Yeah, they seem to be all right, regardless of who's back there at running back, really. Um, but I do think that like losing J.K. Dobbins does make them have to think about it more than they did last year. Um, I, d- I don't really know what it was that sort of went so wrong for them last year. Like, aside from Lamar Jackson not being able to throw consistently as well as he did, like, two years ago, 
Like, I just don't know why they suddenly went from, like, almost unbeatable, like, unplayably so, like, they would they would have been in the same category as the Chiefs, like, top two in the AFC, to, like, fifth last year in the AFC. It just felt really weird, like, how they'd had that regression without really any reason to have it. One of the reasons, I watched, like, a really technical thing on it, and one of the, one of the reasons is because all teams realised that... Um that you can't over pursue them in the run. Mm-hmm. And as soon as soon as you stand your ground making run tackles, then you, basically teams were over pursuing them because they were guessing wrong in the option. And if you if you allow the option to see itself out, then you might give up like two yards, but you you Perfect. won't let yourself be beaten by the big play. Yeah. And then their their big plays, that's what stopped them. Yeah. To use a bit of actual analysis there. That's that might be up there with one of the few times that we've ever analysed anything. So well done, Edward. Hang on, wait, I don't have a <laughs> clapping soundtrack, so I'm just gonna have to clap here myself. That is the first salient point on this podcast in many moons. <laughs> Should we make a quick fart joke? <laughs> oh yeah, well, uh, Gus Edwards. Well, you know what they say about Gus. Analytics. <laughs> There you go. I call him Garth Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, move, let's moving go. on inside the AFC North, we have them Cleveland Browns. You know what? Sam, <clears throat> all of last year, from like week 10 onwards, was so incredibly high on the Browns, and he was like, Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. Browns are going to be like unbelievable. We get around to doing the preseason power rankings when the Browns are even better than they were last year, um, to me and to a lot of other people. And Sam has them ninth, so that's pretty much where we're sort of going for, really, with uh, our giant supporting friend. We just can't really trust his opinions, because um, I think that the Browns will be the sec- uh, third best team in the AFC behind the Chiefs and Bills. Like, they are... Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're better than the Bills. I think they've well, got... Well, no, I mean, you I put them below. Got, I think they've got better from last year. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, their their main issue to me was um, linebackers, uh, which, funnily enough, like, they, they had Joe Schobert a, uh, a couple of years before this, like, mad rush and Joe Schobert would have been like key to helping them like maybe pick up a couple more wins have to avoid the Chiefs or maybe even you know get through them at one point when Chad Henney was in the game and they were getting absolutely torched because their linebackers weren't good and they've replaced that because Jeremiah Rusu koamoa is very good is all he, I will say I'm not going to hype him up to salivating. like I, I had a top 10 grade on him last year that's yeah. what I'll the, how on earth they managed to get him as low as they did, I can't believe it. Well, apparently, apparently the reason is because scouts noticed that he might have a heart defect, but it turned out to be nothing, but it dropped his stock into the second round. So because the scouts got it wrong on a medical thing that probably wouldn't have stopped him, the Browns have picked up possibly the best inside linebacker in the draft because well he's a he's a coverage linebacker like he he plays like a slot corner in coverage it is ridiculous yeah which is and this is probably a point more for the season um but for me obviously joe Schobert was at wisconsin he is a tackling machine and he's often like right at the top of the tackling charts but i think he can he can get exposed 
in I think a good offense can sort of work around him and, and really pull him out of shape. I think the Browns for me, offensively they run as deep as just about any team in the league. They've got is, so many is pieces. Hunt still there. Like. Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Yep. So the two running backs are still absolutely ridiculously deep. Um, the receivers are really deep as well. Yeah. Uh, Landry, OBJ, Austin Hooper will probably re- like return to his sort of Falcons level as opposed to what he was sort of last year where he sort of didn't really set the ground alight. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones could be a factor this year. I, name as well. Do you know, I was... Um, I was talking to a good buddy of mine who hadn't been paying attention to the league for a few years, but we were doing an NFL like fantasy draft, and he was saying like, "Who are you not gonna pick up, but you would say is like a late round sleeper?" And one of the first names that I said to him was Donovan Peoples Jones. If Baker Mayfield has an opportunity to go deep, and the defense has given him that opportunity, you can guarantee that Donovan Peoples Jones is gonna find the space. And Mayfield will hit him, like, on a play-action play. DPJ is, I would say, the... He's the home run threat. Yeah, he's the home run guy on that offense. And, like, I don't think that OBJ is... Nick Dub, Kareem Hunt, Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, he's the home run guy. Well, (laughs) in the way that sort of, like, you rely on all of the others to be, like, consistent yardage churners and, like, they will chunk you downfield. But if you just want to go 70 yards like that, I think the DPJ is better for it than, like, the very injured, at this point, like, mildly dysfunctional OBJ. I don't trust him to be, like, the home run guy as opposed to DPJ. But it's just the guy I'm thinking of. It's just such a luxury, isn't it? Like, yeah. To have that kind of weapon. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? I'm struggling for the name. Do you remember the guy who played for Washington and San Francisco, but who was that wide receiver three? But who was that same guy? Marquise Goodwin. Yeah, Marquise Goodwin. He is. He is just the second Marquise Goodwin. Yeah, and Marquise Goodwin turned out a fantastic career by basically just being like the home run Fast threat in a bunch too. of fucking like. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that like. Tyreek Hill had essentially as much of a role within the Chiefs' offense, then, like, Tyreek Hill's skill set lends itself more to being a Marquise Goodwin and O'Donovan Peoples-Jones. But like, he a Will, just has... like a Will Fuller type. Yeah. Yeah, precisely. A, a decent this... wide receiver three in a stacked room. Yeah. I think the biggest question mark for everyone is the guy who's delivering the ball. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I think Baker Mayfield's if he's a good quarterback, like not even great, but just like a good quarterback, the Browns could be a Super Bowl team. Like they'd need a couple of things to break for them, but they you could easily see them against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it that's, reminds me of That's pretty much where time? I'd always had like the Browns offense under Stefanski, like if they had a more consistent guy, and I know that from like week 11 onwards last year, Baker Mayfield was very good. But the first 10 weeks of that season and also like the entirety of the season before, like Baker Mayfield was not a good, like he was not good. And I, my sort of main issue was that the Browns had a very good offense outside of the quarterback. They just needed him to stop being so useless. Like, that was my sort of main concern. 
So if he can if he can continue how he sort of finished last season, that is going to be right up there in a Super Bowl contending team. Much to my chagrin, because Browns fans have been living off of one playoff win. Imagine what they get after they actually have like two. In a, yeah, but in a you year. almost managed it. I did. You almost managed it without being a cranky bastard, and then you sort of <laughs> turned around and threw it in everyone's face. Right. Okay. Speaking of speaking of cranky bastards, at number four we have the Packers, led by Aaron Rodgers. Max, do you want to do you want to lead us off here? You take. Yeah, the lead. I mean they were they were in the NFC champ. You could argue they probably should have won the NFC Championship game last year, given the opportunities which were gifted to them by Old Man Brady. Bastard. Um, but. <laughs> Have they really got better? Uh, maybe not. They lost Corey Lindsley. They lost David Bakhtiari's on the pop list, so he's out for at least the first six weeks, and he'll probably need to reacclimatize. So that's a bit of a concern. But going back to what Tom said, having Aaron Rodgers back there will make any offensive line look much better. I think there's no reason to expect that Devontae Adams isn't going to be a contender for wide receiver one in the league this year. He's just he's elevated to that sort of level and. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon could be a real one-two punch this year. So, I mean, you're looking at a, a top five offense, really minimum. I mean, they had a great year out of Tunyon last year. I don't know if he's that dude, but it doesn't hurt. I think defensively, there's quite a lot of questions. But I also think last year they were maybe even less than the sum of their parts because they've got some talented players back there. So, yeah, we'll see. I think... The main factor for me is that Aaron Rodgers' spite factor, which a lot of people might be like, that's overplayed. Uh, he's always going to try his best, but is he? He's a small and petty man in many ways. I was about to and say, like, if there was... He love to win a Super Bowl and then fuck off. If there was one thing that Aaron Rodgers, like should be regarded for in this exact situation it's that at any point he could just decide fuck it fuck you balls to you i'm aaron Rodgers, bitches and then just like i i don't want to say intentionally mess it up but like he will have an air of i don't give a flying fuck about him more than any if anyone else has done it i think i think he likes his teammates too much to do that like he clearly doesn't get along well with gooey but I think the Aaron Rodgers is a bad teammate thing is quite overplayed by some people in the media who were maybe got on his bad side. I think he's not going to be afraid to chew people out, but I think a lot of his teammates are like, yeah, he's kind of a coy guy. I, I think he's got that kind of personality where, you know, like the stereotypical like American athlete <laughs> kind of personality that's like, like, you know, they watch like motivational speeches or sort of stuff like that i don't think that gels with roger's personality but i've got to be honest i think he's a wanker but (laughs) but he's a great fucking i don't think there's a better thrower of the ball in nfl like pure the way the ball comes out of the hand i don't think there's a better passer of the ball in nfl history you mean like pure technique wise yeah like mahomes is more athletic and he's probably got a slightly bigger arm but there are throws that aaron Rodgers makes that i don't think Mahomes can make like See, certain touch passes. I I think I'd probably argue like Peyton Manning because like watching Peyton Manning throw a football was like there was an air of grace about it, and I do get that same air with like Aaron Rodgers, and I do think that he is if he's not number one, then he's number two all time. 
He's just a cocky think, bastard, isn't he? I think I just I just mildly enjoyed watching Peyton Manning more because it just seemed like absolutely everything that he did was just done with like a touch of class. Um mm-hmm. whereas I don't quite get that exact same touch of class a from touch like of ass. Yeah, I get the touch of ass from Aaron Rodgers, but like <laughs> on a very the way Rogers good technical is like yeah. It's like it's like disdainful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's just like there, there's a certain I don't know, maybe Aaron, not charm, but basically, there's a certain point where you have to put your hands up and be like, Yeah, fuck man. Basically what I'd describe it as is like if Peyton Manning is Yoda, then Aaron Rodgers is Count Dooku in the sense that there is a very similar sort of grace and uh presence about them. However, one of them's a Sith Lord and the other one's a lovely individual. And Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah. is Peyton a fucking Manning, Sith well-known Lord. Lovely individual. Well, he's just like a little bit less of an arsehole than Aaron Rodgers is. Right. Aww. I think I think before this spawns into some sort of penis measuring competition between Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers, we should move on to the Bills. Who we have we all have third. I think most of us have Not third, me. except for Max who had seventh. Look, I just think if you told me that Josh Allen last season was the peak of his career, I wouldn't I would believe that instantly. Like the disparity between where he was last year and the years before that is just such a big leap. I find it hard to believe that he won't in some way regress. And I'm also a little bit concerned about their running game. Like Zach Moss and Devin Singletree didn't really have a great year last year. I don't know if I believe in their ability to, you know, give Josh Allen a break because he it was a it was almost like a one man show last year. You know, like well, two well, Diggs as well, obviously. But you know, everything good was coming from Josh Allen. I just wouldn't be surprised if they took a bit of a step back. You make you make some great points, but I think in terms of being the best all round team in the NFL, you're either looking at the Browns or the Bills. Like in terms of quality and depth in every area. Who's the who are the Bills receiving options outside of Diggs? Beasley Davis. Uh, <laughs> is it Zay Jones the other one? I think it was Zay Jones. No, it's Zay Jones on the Raiders now. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, um, who am I thinking of? They have the tight end, um who whose name escapes me. Um, it's not Dawson Lee Knox. Smith, is it? It's not Lee no. Smith. Yeah, Dawson Knox. Dawson yeah, Knox, that's the one. So it's not as deep as the Browns. Oh, they've got Emmanuel Sanders. Oh yeah, but in twenty twenty one. Oh yeah. What's that really worth, you know? So I just think they're I, I do think their ceiling is pretty high, but I think they're way more liable to that they're not built as sustainably as like the the pack well, yeah, the Packers or the or the Browns. I think but they I have they have a like, ridiculous have... depth defensively. They have they have an embarrassment of riches defensively. Who are their star players in the front seven? Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, Ed Oliver. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if Ed Oliver was. Greg Russo. See, yeah, well, he's he's highly touted. He comes highly touted, doesn't he? So Ed Oliver is like Ed Oliver is one of those players that like um, the coaches will yeah. love him because of how good his engine and his motor actually is. Um, <laughs> Me and Tom just have a needs... big soft spot for EOJ because of the Huskies, I think. He just need no, but he does need to sort of like improve on his production a little bit. It 
this is going to sound like, oh, he's bringing up the Steelers again, but, like, Ed Oliver, to me, is, like, a young Cam Hayward in the sense that that engine will never stop until the play is dead. But the first couple of years of Cam Hayward's career, he didn't quite have the production to go along with it. I think that Ed Oliver has the ability and the potential and the actual work rate and sort of drive to actually make it there. That's what I sort of see in Ed Oliver. I don't I don't see him as like a, a draft bust just purely because of how hard he works and how much he is like determined to get over this like lack of production. Because that's exactly what I saw from Cam Hayward. What do you it's think is the maximum respect. number of wins that the Bills would get this year if everything broke right? 15? I could see it being like 14 at least. I See, I, I would put their ceiling at 12 and 5. And that to me is why they're not a top 3 team. Not a top ceiling four. at 12? I would, yeah. I, I think they've got... I think... You know how like last year the Patriots were incredibly bad but everyone's kind of just like... Yeah, they'll get better. I don't think the Bills are going to go back to being bad, but I think last year was the best case scenario for them. But I'd I'd also argue that like Sean McDermott is a better coach than any coach that the Bills have had over the past twenty five years before. So he's better than like Rex Ryan. Yeah, and that's why I think that like well yeah exactly. But like we're treating the Bills as like this one team that hasn't ever been able to get it right, they've had one good season, and now I feel like you're sort of starting to buck them back down to that point. Well, yeah, they are, but like... No, the Bills come from misery. They're not going back to misery. But, like, if Josh Allen starts getting heated up, which he didn't last year, like, barely at all, you can kind of see if Josh Allen starts getting pressure in the pocket, he still kind of has a tendency to do some weird stuff. You know, stuff that will make you think, what is wrong with him? Mm. It's just like... i tell you oh, what, you can you can die on this hill in the season. I will. I'll die on this Bill's Hills. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to be good to great. I don't think they're title contenders. Okay. Okay. Next, next up we have them Chiefs. If Diggs plays through a high ankle spring... We have the Chiefs. We've got the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, well, what can you say about the Chiefs? <laughs> yeah, no, in fairness, like... It's all been said, isn't it? The thing is, is, like, the preseason power rankings, unless a team has, like, actively regressed, like the Kansas City Royals did back in, like, 2016, like, they won the World Series and immediately just started blowing it up. Like, you can't really say that either of the two teams that were in the Super Bowl have gotten any better or worse than where they were. Like, the Buccaneers and Chiefs were always going to be 1-2. Like yeah, it was, it's more like a one A and one B really. Isn't yeah, it? The exactly. Thing... They made no, it to I the Super the Bowl. Chiefs at two. I think the Chiefs. The... Really? Because you put them at three. The you actually did. You put them at three behind the Packers. Yeah, that was just because I wanted to be a bit of a. <laughs> that one. That one was like a conscious <laughs> decision. In fairness, in fairness, you'd basically done that for all of your other picks. So why stop there? Exactly. <laughs> well, I consider I consider uh, the Packers have a better defense than the Chiefs. The Chiefs have been playing Chris Jones at defensive end, right? Their their pass rush is Frank Clark, who has underperformed at the Chiefs. Chris Jones is playing out there and apparently doing well. Other than that, they've got like no one to rush the passer. Like Derek Derek Nadi Nadi, I think is still there. Um, Derek Nadi is a great like. 
interior D lineman though. They have a really solid D lineman rotation and they scheme pressure. I don't know, man. Spags. Third season Spags. We'll I wish I do wish that they had like better uh, better linebacker depth. That's my one sort of thing with the Chiefs defense is like I can see the parts on the secondary really starting to come together. I mean, obviously, like when you've got like Matthew, you've got Legarius Sneed, Chavarius Ward, and stuff. There are pieces there that you can sort of build with. Their linebackers just aren't anything. Like Daniel Sorensen is like the safety linebacker hybrid. I just don't think that there's much there. They were going to get Willie Gay back, and then he went on to IR. Yeah. They've only got two elite defenders. Like, he's saying, like, Vigerius Sneed, he's a good cornerback, but he's not, like, he's not going to follow around, like, the other team's best receiver. He's not going well, uh, to put him on so, an yeah. no, well, but, He should, like, he should be a slot corner. No, they're the thin at cornerback. The thing is, they're, is vulnerable. That, they're, they're vulnerable. But this is, like, cornerbacks are also a thing that, like, the Buccaneers struggle with. They, like, Sean Murphy Bunting, Carlton Davis were not meant to be as good as they were. Until they actually got good last season, like they were not meant to be. Oh. <laughs> like Sneed and Ward are, are two young guys. I could see them like continuing to kick on and progress. It's not like but they're gonna sit. Getting, I could see them getting picked on if the if the front seven. If you can't generate pressure with four, I can see them getting picked on by great receivers like if the Chargers have, for example. Mm. Like the Broncos could be a well. Teddy, but the Broncos receivers in theory could be a handful if they got the ball delivered to them. And I think I mean, look, well, there's, there's what more can we say about the offense? There's no question marks left other than maybe they've rebuilt, you know, maybe the offensive line doesn't gel straight away but like, they've got the pieces there where you have faith that they're going to be up there again. So it's the, the defense is the only question like, you would pencil them in for the championship game, right? Defense yeah. is the only question for me. And to me, I think they're very thin, very thin on the defense, and I mean, I've put them down as the third best team in the league. I clearly rate them quite highly. At this point, you're sort of, uh, you know, it's just sort of picking minor details out, but more so than the Bucks for sure. I think their defense could be exploited. Yeah, well, the Bucks's defense is is good elsewhere. My only point was just about the cornerbacks, about like how sort of thin the Chiefs are like you could have said that about the Bucks coming into this season where like they just released Vernon Hargreaves because he wasn't very good Shane, Sean Murphy Bunting hadn't been good Carlton Davis for example but then they actually got pretty good and the rest of the defense was downright incredible Antoine Winfield Jr I mean we may as well just immediately go on to the Bucks since we're already basically there um, I don't think the Chiefs have a cornerback of the quality event or a different well I don't know, man. It, it's they definitely don't have the front seven that the Bucks are boasting. They've no. obviously now got Joe Tryon, who's like, is he gonna? He's gonna come in and start straight away, like yeah, on a yeah. team with JPP and um, Jack Barrett. Who, yeah, exactly. And Jack Barrett has been a, a, a renewed man in down in Tampa Bay. Yeah, and the the thing that I really want to give the Bucks credit to uh, is their is the coaching staff have somehow managed to convince everyone in the Bucks to get vaccinated. And you're talking about Tom Brady. You're, you're talking, talking about, about Antonio Blair, Brown. Antonio Brown. Rob Gronkowski. You know, <laughs> I don't know how they've done it, but like 
Mike Zimmer must be just doing an amazing one. Like he must be writing like email impassioned emails. Like how <laughs> can you he's come like, in and give a guest speech? <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, all the players. He's like, oh yeah, you, we're doing a sleepover at the stadium for for charity, and then he's coming round at night with needles. Like, right. <laughs> it is. Do you know what? Like the thing about the Buccaneers is like I I I don't know whether or not I like any of the offense in terms of like who they are as people not including offensive line because they're just like big men and I, Ronald I, Jones I seems like him. an inoffensive but, character yeah Chris, just, Chris Godwin seems fine Chris, yeah but like seeming fine <laughs> I wouldn't say that I like any of them as people however we just love Vita Vea yeah Vita Vea Devin White Levante Davis oh my god I forgot Winfield. about Vita Vea man yeah Oh, I love Vita Vea. Yeah. Is, is Vita Vea like the the? Uh, he might be the podcast's favorite player because I adore Vita Vea. Just these fucking since redwood tree back then. <laughs> the thing, is, the <laughs> thing with Vita Vea is like the reason why he is absolutely a hundred percent the podcast's favorite player is that there is no question mark about how good he is. Like we sort of three-fifths of us enjoy Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's kind of fun and, like, he's a bit of a cool personality. But, like, the other two-fifths hate him because he's garbage. I don't hate Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sorry, you don't love him. Whereas Vita Vea, we all love him and he's bloody brilliant at just everything. the five of us combined can move Vita Vea? (laughs) No. No. If Vita Vea was just stood, not even putting up resistance, like he was just stood in his natural state and all five of us got a running start, I think that we might maybe make him stumble. I think the best approach that we could take would be, right, the the only way I can visualise this is, you know, in the Siege of Helm's Deep, when <laughs> when they have the massive like log and they're like barging down the door, he would just have to pick up Sam. And use him like a battering ram. <laughs> Head first. Head. <laughs> Below the knee and see if we could get him to bite. Either that or we get like um, Ed and me to both uh, sort of crouch down on all fours behind him and then you, Sam and Emma, run into him and just hope. Hope and oh, pray yeah. that you've generated enough force to tip him over. I thought you were going to say that me and Sam could form a sort of human ramp. And then we can launch Emma off the top and go for like the top, and then because obviously the center of balance is low, so you'd have to push him from the top. But obviously Sam's tall, but he's not as wide as Vita Vea, so that would be my approach. Or we could just like I don't know, like pick someone up by their ankles and spin around. <laughs> I think I think we might have gone off topic here, but I can't think of anything else I want to say. Now, we've sort of, as we've sort of mentioned, the the Buccaneers are good, the Chiefs are good. They were in the Super Bowl last year. We've tried to sort of break it down. There is no breaking it down. Let's play some there football. There is one weakness that the Bucks have, though. What is it? If you can get pressure up the middle on Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this take. No, I don't see any reason why. I mean, the Bucks kind of did didn't. I mean, they lost to the Bears, right? So they didn't look that great early on in the season, but they really caught on fire at the end. So you could argue that it's possible, but yeah, like you said, they just won the Super Bowl. Literally, nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. Why else 
What like? Yeah. If, like, if there's one thing that like has really impressed me about the Buccaneers over the past off season, ever since winning the Super Bowl, is the fact that they were able to basically keep it as though nothing has changed. Like, they didn't even like have to trade away Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller is still a part oh, of this team. Fuck Scotty Miller. Oh, fucking PTSD from Scotty Miller. <laughs> I will be pissed off if Antonio Brown becomes a more major figure on the Bucks. Like, that'll be. Yeah, that's be why amazing. I'm happy that Scotty Miller's stayed around because Brady prefers him. Why? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> right then, fellas. I'll, I'm yeah, calling the time of death on this. It has been an absolute fucking pleasure chatting with you both and with Sam earlier. Yeah, it um, was a real pleasure chatting with you. <laughs> he's doing a, he's doing an emphasis. <laughs> oh, no, I... <laughs> All right, All right. I'm excited for the season now. This is the season's coming next, yes. next Sunday. We're there. We're finally on next fucking Thursday. Oh shit! It's like less than a week from now. Yeah. Oh, we're only week. six days away. It, within within seven days, we'll all be like, well, within eight days, we'll all be absolutely miserable. So who kicks, nine days? Who kicks the season off? Cowboys, but oh, that's kind of a tasty uh, that, one. Yeah, that could be quite fun actually. We get to see the the new look Cowboys. I've not. Has Neither anyone been watching? Likely, just quickly, has anyone actually been watching Hard Knocks? Because I, I feel like I didn't because I didn't care about the Cowboys because I hate them, but um. Was it good? Just been, is it worth it? Just been a lot of Jerry Jones talk about Whataburger. Oh, Jerry Jones is a really funny and weird guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well then, right. It's been a blast. The Mike, the Mike McCarthy rehabilitation tour continues. <laughs> and on that note, guys, we'll, uh... I adore you, listeners. Thank you for coming back to us. Can't wait to hear from you in the season. Please send us anything you might think we enjoy on Twitter. We'll talk also about it. Anything. We will talk about absolutely anything, even if it's rampant abuse. <laughs> we, we, we give enough of that. And just remember, Eric, Eric, if you're out there, Eric, it's not not too late to bend, mend this bridge. To, right. to See you later, fellas. I love bridge. you. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Love you too. Hopefully, sir. an NFL player one day re- replies to our abuse. That'd be good. <laughs> None of it's been abuse. We've not abused Eric Dunge. He's just ignored. No, us. no, no. I mean, like, I mean, like, we chat a lot of shit. Hopefully, Richie Incognito. Richie, get in contact. <laughs> Tell us the real reason you threatened to cheat on that funeral. All right, bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>